1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Vikings. I am your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. This show is available anywhere you find your favorite podcasts like Spotify, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, whatever you like. Or if you are maybe a commuter and you don't want to be looking at your phone while you're trying to find your favorite podcast, you can ask your smart device to play podcast Locked on Vikings. And today we're going to spend most of the show talking about options at quarterback. This isn't really going to be an episode like evaluating Kirk Cousins or saying that Kirk Cousins isn't the answer or anything like that. I've already weighed in on how good his 2019 season was and what that means for an extension in previous episodes. So today we're really just going to focus on like what else is out there and what the Vikings' options are in realistic and not-so-realistic-but-kind-of-fun scenarios. But first, your Viking of the day is somebody who was like the king of weird transitional quarterback years especially in his history with the Vikings, it's Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson's career with the Vikings is just so deeply weird. He was a ninth-round draft pick and kind of picked to just be, like, a career backup to the Warren Moons and Randall Cunninghams of the world. And while he spent his first four years kind of only really ever coming in for spot duty, he got his first real prolonged action in the 1996 season. He ends up starting eight games over two different uh, Warren Moon injury stints. And while they did make it to the playoffs that year, they didn't get out of the wildcard round, they got dusted by the Aikman Cowboys, but it left the the 1997 Vikings in this really, really weird spot, so they end up letting Warren Moon go to free agency, and Denny Green went and called somebody who was running a granite business at the time, famously uh, Randall Cunningham. And so that becomes this quarterback competition, but by this point, having been with the team for like five years, you know, Brad Johnson is like the entrenched guy, and he starts off that season eight and four, he's doing okay, and then he suffers a neck injury, and Randall Cunningham has to take over. He finishes out that 1997 season and ends up starting out the 1998 season, but leaving in the middle of week two with a sprained ankle, and he was having a horrible game. So Randall Randall Cunningham then takes over again, and of course the rest of that season is history. So already you have have this, like, deep chaos with Brad Johnson in 1997 and 1998 in kind of being a bridge between Warren Moon and the Randall Cunningham times, and then, like, surviving through the Randall Cunningham times, and then being a backup to Dante Culpepper. But there's other weird threads that tie it all together, because after the 1998 season, Denny Green trades Brad Johnson to Washington for a first, a second, and a third round pick. Could you imagine that kind of thing happening with your backup in this day and age? It kind of has shades of, you know, the other end of, like, the Sam Bradford trade a few years ago. And with the first rounder of that haul, the Vikings end up selecting Dante Culpepper, who they will later bring back Brand Johnson, Brad Johnson to back up. And then, of course, you know, he backs up Culpepper during that whole era, and then when Culpepper goes down in 2005 because of a knee injury, Brad Johnson is the one that comes in and finishes out that season. He has a very different and, like, weird experience, too, in Washington. He has one Pro Bowl year, and then he totally falls apart, and then he goes to Tampa Bay, and he is, like, very okay, except for one year where he's phenomenal, and he, he goes to the Super Bowl and wins it in the blowout in 2002. And all in all, in his career with the Vikings, he spanned so many different phases of, you know, the Vikings of the last few decades. He played with Chris Dolman, he played with Chris Cluey. And whatever lesson you want to learn about quarterbacks, you probably can learn it from his very strange and storied career. If you think that quarterbacks should be flipped for value when they become too old, and if you have a replacement on deck, then you can kind of use him as an example of that with a trade to Washington. If you believe that it's worth investing heavily in your backup quarterback, well, look at all of the times that that came in handy for the Vikings with Brad Johnson. When Warren Moon went down, when Randall Cunningham went down, you know, when they needed relief for Rich Gannon... If you want to believe that, hey, you know, teams can totally win the Super Bowl with a mediocre quarterback, you can look at his his Buccaneers Super Bowl. Or if you think that that's totally impossible and that, you know, it's, you're, you're never too entrenched to upgrade, then you can look at the Vikings upgrading from Brad Johnson at a number of places to great effect. That's just kind of the nature of having a long career in the NFL, especially as somebody who was never really a, a, an anointed starter. It seems like he's most often mentioned as, you know, the other guy to so many other stories, you know, the guy that was uh, taking over for Warren Moon or being usurped by Randall Cunningham or, you know, the guy that stepped in and failed in replacement of, of Dante Culpepper that it's worth, you know, just looking at all of those things all in a row and appreciating just how storied his career really was. But another reason that I wanted to bring up Brad Johnson as the Viking of the day is because there are a lot of little moments that represent things that could happen in the not-so-distant future for the Vikings like I said at the top of the show, this isn't going to be an episode about whether or not Kirk Cousins is good enough or whether or not you should extend him. We're just going to kind of say, okay, let's say you're not going to commit to him and extend him for five years. Though, if you are one of those people, do stay tuned because we still have to talk about the backup quarterback position and the market that exists for that particular position. And we're going to do a little bit of that too today. But really there are people on both sides of that camp. You know, there are the people who want to extend Kirk Cousins who say that he's, you know, a franchise quarterback and you should lock that down when you have the chance to it. You don't want to be in the market. And then there people who are saying, no, no, he's not good enough, you have to move on, you have to try to upgrade, even if it means you, you know, you have to spend a bunch of draft picks on quarterbacks in the next few years, he's just not good enough, he he collapses in big moments, etc., etc., but a wrinkle to the take from the latter group is, so then what do you do, right? And how do you transition from Kirk Cousins to somebody else? What are the alternatives here? Because if the alternative is, you know, hey, it's either Kirk Cousins or we're going to go take Mark Sanchez out of retirement, well, obviously we're not going to do that. Are there actually other options? And even if we're not interested in moving on from Kirk Cousins, it can still be useful to look at those. So I'm going to kind of divide this into two separate worlds. The, the realistic world, where you're trying to move on from Kirk Cousins, but you're not trying to, you know like cut him or you're not going to have him waive his no trade clause or whatever you're trying to like healthily move into a new era where you have a you know either a young quarterback or you bring somebody else in or you know you kind of you're trying to set up the future in a, a reasonable and well thought out way and then the more fun scenario where I call it the like the Kirk Cousins gets raptured scenario or something like he like suddenly retires or something like that where he and his cap hit mystically disappear and you just are in the quarterback market and I think it's just kind Of fun to look at, like what would the Vikings do in that situation? How would they behave in such a unique market like the 2019 one with all of the different people hitting it, from the the Tom Brady's to the Teddy Bridgewaters to the you know the the Jordan Loves and Justin Herberts in the draft? But before going too far into those weeds, I want to talk to you really quick about Blue Chew. Blue Chew is the very first chewable tablet of its kind, and its kind shares an active ingredient with Viagra and Cialis, so you know what we're getting into here. But it's a chewable, so unlike a pill, it kicks in twice as fast. So that means that much less waiting around when the moment is right. Blue Chew is for anybody who is looking to improve themselves for the sake of their partner. It's not just for, like, the usual target audience, the men of a certain age who can't perform the way that they used to. This is for anybody. It's made right here in the United States, and it ships right to your door in a nice discreet package, so you can skip the pharmacy, you can skip all the waiting, and you can save a buck, too. So, go over to bluechew.com that's b-l-u-e-c-h-e-w.com and if you enter promo code locked on at checkout they'll let you try it for free so that's bluechew.com promo code locked on
0: hi this is david lock the ceo of the lockdown podcast network in this crazy unprecedented and unnerving time i know we're all living our lives a little differently i thought we had some of our sponsors over the time that might be able to help you out. So we've reached out to them to get you specific offers. Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for their first seven days. Start your free deliveries, download the Postmates app, and use the promo code MBA. Anxiety, stress, need something to calm yourself down, masterclass or at least your time at home com slash P E R is offering 15% off. If you missed any of those, go to lockdown slash offers that's lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. Thank you very much for tuning into lockdown podcast network. We hope to be here for you to give you a relief and a respite from all the other news. And thanks very much. Be safe and practice your social distancing.
1: So, with regard to the quarterback market, I think the the biggest domino that fell, uh, it fell on Tuesday when Drew Brees announced that he would be returning to the Saints uh, in a social media post. There isn't any contract, but I assume that one will get hashed out, and this is Drew Brees saying, nope, I want to come back and we'll figure out the numbers later. Uh, That also kind of de facto means that Teddy Bridgewater is going to hit the free agent market again. He, of course, spent two years as the backup In New Orleans, he had those five games and that kind of legit re-legitimizes him as a quarterback that teams are going to pursue, you know, that kind of like alleviates a lot of the injury worries that were surrounding him after his big, you know, leg tear in uh, 2016. And the initial rumors have it that, you know, he's going to command like a $30 million a year, like true blue quarterback contract. And of course, we'll see how all that shakes out. But that's like the domino that falls, right? And it looks like uh, Tom Brady is going to be able to, t- to test free agency so teams can throw the book at him. Philip Rivers is going to be in the uh, free agent market. It Perhaps you're, you might see uh, Jameis Winston. You might see Ryan Tannehill. Uh, you might even see Derek Carr. There are rumors that that the Raiders are like shopping Derek Carr for a trade, although I, I don't really buy that that's going to happen. They don't really have a backup plan for him. So it's going to be a really chaotic free agency when it comes to quarterback. It'll be really fun to watch from like an outside perspective of a team that, for all intents and purposes, knows what its 2020 quarterback situation is going to be, barring some really, really crazy scenarios. But what if you don't like Kirk Cousins enough and you want to take advantage of this crazy market? Is there anything the Vikings can do to set themselves selves up for a future without Kirk Cousins that doesn't, you know, like read as completely insane. And I think the answer is yes, they can, of course, they can draft someone in the realistic world of, you know, we're just trying to responsibly move away. Uh, In in the Kirk Cousins gets raptured scenario, that's kind of fun to think about. Like, what would they actually do? And I I think in that scenario, you know, the sudden retirement one, for me, the best plan is probably to get a one-year stopgap and then go try to draft somebody in this very, very good quarterback draft. And I'd be pretty aggressive about it. You know, I'd be willing to trade up for the guy that falls. Uh, The draft can get really weird, you know, we we're talking about like total blue definitely going to be first round type guys. And then they have a bad pro day and they fall all the way to the second round. It kind of happens all the time to somebody. When I talked about, you know, whether or not to extend Kirk Cousins, the the conclusion I kind of came away with was, sure, do it or or don't, but if you're going to do it, then do it in training camp after you know what's happened in the draft. And those quarterbacks are worth looking at as well. And even if you are going to extend Kirk Cousins and you think he's the the guy for the Vikings that can take the Vikings all the way and you want him on the team till he retires, then you could still look at at updating your backup quarterback position. But going back to the, the rapture scenario, th- there is a way that I like to categorize all these free agent quarterbacks, and it's do you need to draft somebody if this is your quarterback? I've already kind of established that. I do think Kirk Cousins falls in that category of like, yes, you should draft somebody if he's going to be your quarterback. Uh, If not to back up, you know, to have an insurance policy, to have an option if you end up wanting to move on, but elsewhere in in the draft, you know, I, I think that... Uh, Tom Brady and Philip Rivers fall in that category, right? Just because of age. Even if you still think they can play the way that they used to when they were, you know, making all the Pro Bowls, you can still have uh, somebody waiting in the wings and drafting a rookie to learn behind those guys is kind of the setup that a lot of teams are going to pursue. So I think, like, whoever does end up with Philip Rivers is probably going to be active in the quarterback draft market unless there's somebody in the next draft that they like more, and teams do tend to think outside of just this one draft, you know, if, if the Vikings didn't like a quarterback last year as much as they liked one this year, they might have just said, oh, well, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll target Jordan Love or whatever. I think if your best quarterback on your roster ends up being Andy Dalton, I I think you need to draft somebody. Um, I think if you end up with Ryan Tannehill or Jameis Winston, two of the other uh, free agent quarterbacks, I don't think that's a -a draft-a-guy situation because I don't know if those two players, like if they play poorly, you would be kind of incentivized to throw your draft pick to the Wolves. And I think especially with like Patrick Mahomes and to a degree like Lamar Jackson and some of these guys, especially like some of the guys that came into the league a little bit raw, And then had some time to develop, and we're seeing that that has worked out very well. I would definitely want to set up a situation where I'm not risking something like Daniel Jones, where you know you have four bad games to start the season, and suddenly your rookie is thrown to the Wolves before Halloween. I I don't want that with a rookie, and so I don't think that's the best move for whoever ends up with Jameis and and Tannehill. I think get a good, solid veteran backup where if you need to bench Jameis Winston for a game because he's thrown four interceptions and a half, you know, you have. Somebody you can like lean on, somebody like a Chase Daniel who can go limp you to the end of that game without that becoming this like central moment for your era of the franchise. Somebody a little bit more steady with a higher floor. So if you know you're just trying to get to the end of a game and still be competitive in it with a day that you know Ryan Tannehill or or Jameis Winston just isn't on it and you end up benching that guy, you're not priced into hurrying along the developmental path you set up initially. That's not as much of a risk at least in my opinion, with with Philip Rivers or Tom Brady. I also think that with Teddy, the way that he plays is so, so safe that I don't think the team that ends up with Teddy is going to be active in the draft market. I don't think that they're going to like draft a backup high for Teddy Bridgewater the same way that you would want one if your guy was like, Andy Dalton. But let's talk a little bit about these draft quarterbacks. We'll start draft coverage in earnest, you know, much later on, like in kind of mid-March, but we'll go through them quick. Obviously, you know, the top two guys are no-brainers, Tua and Joe Burrow. If either of those guys end up being within striking distance in the later parts of the first round of the draft, you're going to go try to make a bid for them, and it's not really a question. What could cause such a thing? Again, like a crappy pro day or some kind of weird injury or something like the Laramie Tunsil situation. I mean, crazy things have happened before, uh, but it's not really worth spending a lot of energy breaking them down. They're good. Go get them if you can. You probably can't. That's okay. Next is Justin Herbert, who has a little bit of the Christian ponder, kind of, if the first read isn't there, you tuck it and run, and that's the kind of, like, style I see in him. He's good at at throwing the first read when it's there, but he has trouble reading that progression without falling into the habit of, you know, breaking the pocket and trying to scramble. There's Jordan Love, who has all the tools in the world. He's got a cannon for an arm, he can run around, he can make a lot of things happen, but he needs to learn the nuances of the game. He needs to learn how to deal with, you know, rolling coverages and some of the tricks that you see more in the NFL that you see in college, and transitioning for him is probably going to take longer than everybody else, but if you can get there, the upside is through the roof. There's Jake Fromm, who's kind of the inverse of that, where he's very heady, and he is able to kind of process things, he wins a lot of of, uh, plays before the snap, but lacks those physical gifts, he doesn't quite have the arm strength you would really want, he doesn't have the scrambling improvisational ability that you would want, and so the upside is kind of poor. There's Jacob Eason, who has, like, a cannon for an arm, and he can throw pretty well uh, when it's just, like, easy stand-in-the-pocket, you know, dealing kind of spread offense stuff, but doesn't have a lot of pocket presence and, you know, struggles a lot under pressure and struggles a lot with the, the less clean aspects. He, re- he reminds me a lot of Kirk Cousins, and I think Kirk Cousins is, like, his ceiling. And the last guy I'm going to talk about today, at least, is Jalen Hurts. He's another one of those kind of scramble drill kind of guys. He's very chaotic and always trying to make something happen. He kind of reminds me of like a poor man's Deshaun Watson coming out or like a Josh Allen kind of thing where, you know, he's very chaotic and he needs to rein that in and be a little bit more controlled. But it's also hard to tell him that because sometimes he makes incredible things happen. But he's also a little bit too raw at the current moment and doesn't really project as like a day one starter. So those are generally the quarterback names that I think are like available guys that will be pursued. Some of them are going to end up being backups, some of them starters. And so uh, when we come back, I'll talk about what pairings of backup and starter would make sense for the Vikings in both the like realistic and the the rapture scenario. Okay, so the easiest scenario to talk about when it comes to, like, acquiring a new quarterback is the one where you extend Kirk Cousins, because there's only one permutation, right? Your starter is already, like, set for you, and so in that scenario, who's the best backup for Kirk Cousins, I think is an interesting question. You could say, ah, you know, just stick with Sean Mannion, like, re-sign him, he is an unrestricted free agent, so you might need to replace him anyways if he doesn't want to come back, but the Vikings like his veteran presence, they like the way that he aids in Kirk Cousins' preparations, and I do think that that has a material effect on the way that Kirk Cousins plays. Like if you removed Sean Mannion, I do think Kurt Cousins probably plays worse. Like I think there's value to him, but he doesn't do a lot as an insurance policy. If, you know, Cousins tears his ACL and Sean Mannion has to start for you, your season is totally shot. And that's a big problem. And I think the best backup from a value perspective that I, I like, I mean, I would love to bring in somebody like Andy Dalton, you know, somebody who, if Kirk Cousins goes down, you can still kind of have a fighting chance in a given game. But of course, you know, the Vikings are totally broke and they are uh, flush with late round capital. So drafting a late round quarterback makes a lot of sense. Somebody better than Jake Browning to, you know, challenge Sean Mannion in a preseason battle and maybe try to win that backup job. I really like Jacob Eason for that. He has uh, enough of throwing ability to be able to like generate offense and while of course having him start as a rookie would be kind of disastrous in the event of an injury i think his skill set similarly benefits to Kurt, uh, to Kirk cousin similarly benefits from the stuff that the vikings do schematically he has trouble in the pocket, and the Vikings are already kind of designed around that problem. So I think it would be a good fit. I don't like Eason's future. I don't think that there's enough upside to him for him to be like your possible quarterback of the future type guy, but I think in terms of an insurance policy for for Kirk Cousins, if you're one of those people that wants Cousins to be in in purple to infinity and beyond, I I like Eason as as an insurance policy. If you're on the more reasonable track of, hey, you know, let's just let Kirk Cousins play out his contract year and we'll draft a quarterback to potentially replace him, and then we'll kind of assess after the 2020 season or have them do, you know, we'll, we'll see what we have in camp and we'll see a lot and kind of talk about this about this time again, you know, this time next year. For that, at least at this juncture, my guy is Jordan Love. He is, I think, the perfect candidate to sit behind somebody really, really smart for a year. And learn more nuances of the game, you know, figure out how to read certain progressions, how to go, how to react to certain reads and things that he's going to see in the NFL more often. And, you know, keep him on the bench and keep him from developing bad habits, which happens to these guys, you know, these high upside guys all the time. If they have to start too soon, they're going to develop a bad habit. And then you have to break that and then teach them the stuff that they couldn't learn because they had to be learning a new game plan every week. I think Jordan Love would do great with a year off. And I think that really is the, the, the key to unlock his sky-high potential and giving him that, you know, red shirt year, I guess, in 2020 under Kirk Cousins and then reassessing, I would really like where that puts the Vikings. There is, of course, a weird world where Teddy Bridgewater comes back to the Vikings. This is more of a if if Kirk gets raptured scenario, right, just because of the money. But let's say Kirk and his cap hit, hit completely, you know, vanish, and you instead go give that money to Teddy Bridgewater and bring him back. I actually like uh, Jake Fromm as a backup. It would be a little bit weird in 2020 because I don't know what kind of scheme you would be running in this scenario where players are being uh, abducted by aliens or whatever. But let's say you build an offense for Teddy Bridgewater, something with some quicker reads, something that, you know, is kind of drew breezy, get the ball out very quick. I think Jake Fromm would do a lot better in that sort of uh, place than something like an air core yell or something like a read option that relies a little bit more on like God given talents. I-, I think that is something, you know, get put Jake Fromm in a system that makes him most capable of winning with his brain. Give him all the reads in the world if it means he doesn't have to make a harder throw. And I think Teddy is in the same boat. Uh, Dak Prescott is another person I haven't mentioned who would totally be on the market if the Cowboys totally screw this up and let him go. I don't think they will. Uh, But if they did, but if they do, and whoever ends up with him, even if it's Dallas, I think that they could benefit from Jalen Hurts. Dak is really good at the scramble drill, and he has all the tools to make, you know, uh, more planned stuff work out. But I think where he gives you the most value is in turning plays into, you know, negative plays into positive plays in places where other quarterbacks aren't capable of doing that. And if you end up getting him hurt and you need to put Jalen Hurts in, you at least don't lose that advantage. And so you can kind of feel safe in building an offense around a guy like Amari Cooper, who's really good at those scramble drills. Like, I I really like his fit in Dallas. If you end up with Philip Rivers or Tom Brady, I think for similar reasons to what I talked about with Kirk Cousins, I really like uh, Jordan Love in those situations. If Jordan Love is off the board and you have, you know, say, Phil Rivers, I think Jacob Eason could also be somebody that, like, you know, you can work with, right? If you need somebody to just be a gunslinger... And, you know, we're just, all right, Philip Rivers is down. We're just going to huck a bunch of deep balls into the air and, and hope that we can generate some offense and take the top off and generate some explosive plays. Then give me the biggest cannon I can find. And I think that might be Jacob Eason. With Ryan Tannehill, if he ends up being your starter, you know, again, you you can't really get away with having like a raw, definitely don't put him in kind of uh, backup quarterback. And I actually like the, the prospects of Case Keenum as a backup to... Ryan Tannehill. And I don't think, I still don't think it's out of the cards for Case Keenum to return to Minnesota. I know that he has a lot of good relationships here. And after his performance in Washington, I think any any favor and any market that was generated by 2017 has completely evaporated, and He's going to start making backup quarterback money again. So if you do end up letting Sean Mannion walk, you could give the money you were going to give to him, to Case Keenum, and it could totally work out. But also with a Ryan Tannehill type, I think that Case Keenum can definitely run an offense. I think he has enough improvisational ability to make offense happen we of course saw that in 2017 and I think it just gives you enough juice that if you have Ryan Tannehill and Ryan Tannehill goes down you can minimize the drop off if you have uh, Jameis Winston, I know I said that a veteran backup would probably be the best for him. And I think probably like Chase Daniel is a great pairing there, but I would kind of love to see somebody like Jake Fromm compete with Jameis Winston. And, you know, give me the heady guy that has no talent versus the absolutely YOLO, completely insane Jameis Winston. I, I want to see Jameis Winston play in the NFL for 10 years, but being backed up by somebody like Jake Fromm could be good for him. And could also take a little bit of of the pressure off. Because no matter how bad Jameis Winston was yesterday, he always will have the potential to be better tomorrow than I think Jake Fromm will be. Now, if uh, lightning strikes and you end up with Joe Burrow or uh, Tua Taglavia, I think then you should definitely pursue one of the higher tier free agents like Phil Rivers or Tom Brady. Obviously, things can't go in that order, but we're all we're talking about raptures here. So if somehow you went to the future and you were like, oh, my God, we're going to get a chance to get Joe Burrow somehow, I would love to see a pairing with a Philip Rivers or a Tom Brady, not because I think those two need uh, like a red shirt year. I think those two both can be day one starters. I think, A, having a competition with a veteran would be great, and also having a veteran backup for their transition into the NFL could kind of ensure that it goes a little bit more smoothly. I also like the prospects of, like, a Matt Moore or, again, a Chase Daniel, uh, but behind those guys, those two are both pending, uh, unrestricted free agents. Somebody who's been through the league a lot and somebody who can kind of help bring them along and help them transition to from college to the pros so that you just minimize the number of variables that can ruin that transition and and cause your top five draft pick to bust. A lot of those last ones are are more general and kind of not exactly Viking centric. I think for the Vikings, if you're going to extend Kirk Cousins, I'm down with Eason. I think I'm down with Jordan Love either way. And if you're going to rapture Kirk Cousins, then I say, screw it, bring back Teddy and bring back Case Keenum and let's just do 2017 again. Or, you know, trade your left arm and go up and try to get Joe Burrow. But Of course, none of those things are realistic because that's a fantasy world. And in reality, I don't know if the Vikings are going to do anything else at the quarterback position. I could absolutely see them bringing back Sean Mannion and saying, nope, we were happy with how this went and we're going to run it right back. I'd like to add a little bit more talent, but we know that the Vikings tend to sit pat when... They're satisfied with their quarterback situation. But on that, I'm going to end today's episode of Locked On Vikings. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you all tomorrow. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL, shows on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. The show is available anywhere you find your favorite podcasts, or you can just ask your smart device to play podcast Locked On Vikings. I will see you all tomorrow, and as always, Skull. Hey, Locked On Minnesota listeners, this is Tony Abbott here to tell you about the brand new Locked on Wild podcast, where my co-host Joe Bully and I break down the Minnesota Wild every single day. How can you listen? Just search for Locked on Wild in your favorite podcast app
0: and subscribe to bring Locked on Wild to your device every day.